Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This week, brought to you by our friends at ZocDoc and Collide. More on them and how to spell their names later on. But first, if you're a regular listener to the Apple Insider Podcast, you'll have noticed that I am not your host, Stephen Robles. And if you're not a regular listener, well, I could have got away with it. Um, I'm William Gallagher, sitting in for Stephen, and that means sitting in to get a chance to talk with Wesley Hilliard. Wes, particularly glad to get to talk to you because previously on Apple Insider, you said you'd be going out hiking in dangerous places once emergency SOS was out. Well, Apple has saved me the trouble because uh, they included a demo feature within settings, so I don't have to get lost to try out the satellite connection. Okay, you copped out there, really, is what you're telling me. Yeah. No, I, Apple did me a favor. They knew that if I got lost and had to pay for a helicopter, it would have been a whole I thing. We could have had a helicopter trip. We could have had all that sound effects and stuff. Uh, really, you just you had another cup of tea and carried on working, didn't you? This is... Well, I'm not going to say it's a letdown because you'll hear me, but it's not the dramatic start. I was. Expecting. How about this then? I, I didn't look at the demo because I'm only going to get jealous. Uh, it's coming to the UK later, but I'm not going to anywhere in the UK that doesn't have decent coverage or has need of emergency services, hopefully. So what did you learn from the demo? Have we learned anything new? Um, it's pretty much what Apple already showed us. Um, it's interesting because... I don't even know if it's a real demo because uh, it kind of seemed like it was faking it a little bit. Some people did say that they weren't able to connect to a satellite, so maybe it actually is connecting to the satellite and everything because it turns off your cellular and takes you step-by-step step through the process. I sat in my office and did it under uh, a roof, so but I was able to connect to a satellite, um, follow it through the sky. It was a really interesting UI and everything, and it worked fine, so... But it does warn you, make sure you have a clear view of the sky, and I was not out, outside. It's very right. cold. So. Okay. I'm not going to say you wimped out as well as copped out. You were a good citizen. Because it's got to be that there are people out there just trying it. And all these satellite people, the staff, all the call center people, going, oh, another test kind of thing. You were nice to them. You prevented disrupting their work. So good on you, even. Well, you know who might have needed, yeah. You know who might have needed satellite communication is someone who fell 130 feet into a chasm, but they were saved because they had an Apple Watch on. Isn't that crazy? Well, actually, I know about this story because it confused me terribly. Um, uh, Seth Methy, Metha in Western India, wasn't it? It's really unclear where this chasm was. I mean, the Times of India narrowed it down to the province. But he was walking with three friends, and then he wasn't. He slipped. And there was this whole thing of, where did the two friends go? Did they? I've got this image of them just carrying on talking, walking ahead, and suddenly going, huh? And looking back, and he was gone. But yes, his Apple Watch saved him. Um, so they must have been quite clear. I don't know if he had a cellular Apple Watch or not. So that would that make a difference, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, if he had his phone, at the very least, uh, the fall detection on something would have tripped. But I, I believe in this case, it might have been a cellular Apple Watch, because otherwise, it would have been the phone. Well, actually, that's call. a thought. We know that his phone um, was in a backpack being carried by one of his friends. So basically, the guy was freeloading. You know, a really heavy iPhone, gave it to a friend to carry instead. And then this <laughs> happens. Kind of thing. And actually, it sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing story. I mean, I can't imagine falling more than ten feet and wanting to uh, live afterwards. And one hundred and thirty feet, uh, 
that's a lot of rehab. Apparently, he broke his ankles and and such. It's yeah, not great, but uh, he survived, and that's that that is what is amazing. I understand that he was uh, he hadn't got to that stage yet. He'd moved to the area in order to start uh, preparing for some medical exams. So he's really, he's seventeen year olds is just starting out, but now he's got his own case study of himself and how long it takes two broken ankles. Plus, oh. What he's he's seventeen. That, that that explains it. He's he's made of rubber. If I fell down <laughs> a flight of stairs, I wouldn't move again. Right, because you're eighteen, right? And that makes the difference. It's all the difference. Yeah. I'm thirty-one. Yeah. I understand, uh, William. Right. Anyway, jokes aside. <laughs> well, I'm moving on. Uh, he did actually email <laughs> uh, Tim Cook and got a nice little reply back. So that was. Well, it's not worth it, but it was nice of Tim Cook. You can imagine how many emails that guy gets in the day. So when you, you hear these stories of him replying to people, it, it makes Apple feel a bit human, doesn't it? Hmm. It's fun to think that he actually is reading all of his emails. Yes. Or at least yeah, some of them. <laughs> I know, that's where my mind went as well. Um, you, I was just thinking he's got staff. They maybe they. I'm sure they filter it. They triage this stuff, but that immediately makes me think. Yeah, you think of staff. You think of Apple. We have this business of the right, really unusual stuff that's going on with Foxconn at the moment, and I can't pronounce the name of where the uh, facility is, the biggest iPhone factory that Foxconn has in you know, province. Um, any chance you can? I know it begins with a Z or a Z, if you like. One or the other. Well, that I'm aware one. of the word. It's not in front of me because you've sprung something on me that isn't. Sure that's. <laughs> so, yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> it's revenge for you not going out into the wild and risking your neck. I added a line to the show notes. Unlike that, um, this is the thing where I actually I thought this was nonsense at first. Uh, Foxconn is forever hiring and letting people go. It's all really seasonal. They're getting loads of people when the iPhone's coming out. And there was a story a couple of months ago that Apple said, listen, you know, a bit busy. Could you start recruiting a little early? And they did. And everything seemed to be going okay. But then there were the, the lockdowns in China, the coronavirus lockdowns. Then there were the staff walking out over the conditions in the plant. And the news today is Foxconn is believed to have 200,000 workers but they need another 100,000 in order to make iPhone uh, 14 for demand. And that's, do you think that's where Stephen's has a lot of gone? people. Yeah. He's heard the oh. wages. There are bonuses, I think. I mean, you know, would it, you yeah, know? perhaps uh, underground uh, journalism. He's going to write down what they do over there. Oh, I thought um, just for the cash. Here we go. So <laughs> I, I found the word. I did not look up uh, the, um, yeah. what, what is the word? The, uh, phonetic spelling or anything oh, right yes but it, it appears that it is pronounced uh zingzo but you know of course i don't have an accent i might have just ruined that word but there you go no no that that's exactly what i was going to say i just wanted to test you um on it uh <laughs> in that plant named uh that in the way you just so brilliantly said uh, conditions i i understand factory conditions anything's going to be tough i mean it's hard work and things but it does seem extraordinarily bad if your workers are fleeing in the middle of a lockdown and things it's hmm. it's one of it's one of those uh situations that's tough because um of course everyone has a spin on the news that they're trying to portray and um american journalism especially uh 
wants to emphasize the problems that are going on in China and the type of uh, labor issues that they have. And of course, not to minimize that, but um, when we're talking about labor conditions and stuff, yeah, the restrictions that they have for COVID over there is not great. Uh, basically being forced to live in these little cities and not being allowed to leave or go home. It's uh, pretty horrific. And now where we are with COVID here in the United States and what we see, of course, you know, still being vaccinated, still masking in public, stuff like that uh, going on to protect yourself. Um, but China takes it a step further and is still um, acting like lockdowns are the solution when we're dealing with a variant that is less deadly. And so it's 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 a, a obviously very political matter, but just one of those things that seems extreme for the sake of being extreme. And so, yes, these people are very tired of living in these conditions. And I, and I can understand them wanting to try and get away, but uh, that is sadly the nature of the place that they live, that they cannot, um, and they will be brought back, you know, one by one in those buses and uh, asked to stay, please, and thank, thank you. <laughs> I did think that, I mean, before this happened, the, the biggest part of it was that Foxconn was locked down for a week, it was, that was imposed lockdown on that factory in that particular area for it. And I thought, I mean, you can see Apple's bottom line being affected. Foxconn have said, you know, all their revenue growth gone because of it. But I figured it's got to be pretty effective or China wouldn't keep doing it. But now we have, it feels like the Chinese authorities are kind of stepping up to this because the story today about the 100,000 lot apparently comes from Chinese state media as they try to recruit people. Early in the week, they were asking ex-military uh, people to come out of retirement and join. And now they're going to, I don't know how they're doing this, but they're going to local towns and trying to recruit and apparently not doing very well. So, mm. yeah, if, if I understand correctly, too, there it's not so much a labor shortage. It's more of a competition um, right. increase. There's a lot of recruiting in that region, not just for the Foxconn plant. Um, so them looking for more workers for Foxconn isn't necessarily because, um, there's just not a lot of, not enough people living in the region. It's because other factories, other companies are taking up the recruiting process and, uh, taking their workers. I think there's also seasonality to a lot of their recruiting and, um, this holiday, uh, schedule this from like late fall to early spring, they usually increase their workforce by a lot but it's even harder this year because of lockdowns, but also because of increased competition. So it's just multiple things piling up on top of each other. And the end result is we have to wait for our iPhone 14s. God. Just a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, I'm hearing that if it, you're in the States, it's very difficult to get one now before Christmas. Um, was that what you were hearing there? It looks like there's a report today saying that uh, as of Thursday that uh, the iPhone 14 Pro lineup, at least, has historically long wait times. Um, I mean, that makes sense. It, it's just, again, I don't think you can point to any single issue. It is a multitude of things. It's the supply chain, um, like actual part parts not being able to get manufactured, delivering them to the right locations, getting those built and put together, delivering them to assembly plants, putting them together, uh, worker shortages at select plants, plus uh like financial instability across the globe inflation all of these things lead to hey there's just not so many iphones that you can buy right now and as tim cook said during the last earnings uh call they're literally selling them as fast as they're making them at this point and they have not caught up with demand 
It is fascinating, isn't it? Though? I mean, you, you hear that they're making 87 million iPhones. I can't really quite grasp that number. And then having to source all the there's, bits, move it around. It's an incredible operation. There's a website. Um, I can't remember oh. off the top of my head, but it's like iPhone every second, I believe. And you can see how many iPhones have just been sold in that second. Wow. And they also have other data uh, showing like per minute and up to this moment in the year and stuff like that. It's obviously not exactly true they're just rounding it off based on what apple says that they've sold for that year but um it comes pretty close surprisingly based on earnings calls and such um we just said that it's the iphone 14 pro that's uh, most affected that is the one i would have bought if i'd bought this year i don't know did you buy this year yeah, I got the iPhone 14 Pro Max. I don't think there will ever be a year I don't buy an iPhone unless they literally just release another iPhone and, and paint the number over it and just say it's the same, you know, it's the new one. But um, no, I it, it, as long as the camera gets better, that's all I need. Because I, I take so many photos and videos, I I will always buy for that improvement. And this year was especially significant, so I definitely jumped on it. Not so long ago, you were an Android and a PC user. You've really come over to the bright side haven't you you're with us you know only about eight years ago <laughs> I, uh, I mean 2014 was a long way away oh it feels like another country doesn't it it's before in the before times you joined us even worse i was still in the military and that that's a whole different separator <laughs> my brain doesn't even understand at this point that i used to do something else for a living i don't <laughs> i do not comprehend it well how about kind of weird right we use your new your newfound life skills and talk about what's coming next because of the story I read this week of the iPhone 15 Pro getting Thunderbolt connectivity. Is that like EU wants USB-C, Apple thinks fine, bring it on, challenge accepted, Thunderbolt as well, why not? Well, it's one of those things where it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Um, I would say the standard iPhones will get the USB-C port. Uh, you can put whatever speed uh converter in there that you want um like the ipad 10.9 inch ipad has usb-c port but it still has the lightning speed connectivity usb 2.0 speeds which is just incredibly mm. sad um so yeah there's no stopping apple from just saying here's a usb port that is awful uh but i believe that we'll probably at least see 3.0 speeds on the standard models but the pro models again because of the pro in the name uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to move the Thunderbolt. And I saw someone say that would be a 86 times increase in, in connection speed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really glad USB-C is so easy to understand. I mean, you look at a cable, you look at a port, you know what you're getting, don't, don't, don't you? That's, um, I believe Andrew has a video uh, diatribe on this and how much he hates USB-C, but that's a different story. Maybe they could do labels it, it just different colors. No. Universal standards never mean universal. And uh, the USB, the name USB is a lie. Universal serial bus. It is never meant universal. It means we're going to put as many standards into this one cable as we can. And the compliance things, it's confusing because the USB IF uh, standard police, basically, the guys who, who build the standard and put the stickers on the box, they just make up the certifications as they go, and then a year later, they'll just say, you know what, if you were certified for USB 3.1, you're now certified for 3.1.1 uh, 
buy one and uh, guess what 3.2 by 2 is a completely different standard and you can just pay for that and upgrade and uh, we won't we'll, we'll just add the sticker to the box it's fine <laughs> and and then the consumers are just over here scratching their head no one knows what's going on and nothing makes any sense that did become this sea of numbers to me as you said i was trying to hang on to it but i do like the fact that universal doesn't mean universal because I'm, I'm in the uk where we we have a public school uh, we have public schools here and public schools in the uk means private I just, I don't know how it happened, but it does. You pay to go to a public school. And isn't it always said that anything that a country that's called the People's Democratic Republic of something is none of those words at all? Isn't language great? I'll stick with words. You do the numbers. We'll put it. Yeah, English is basically uh, mouth garbage, but that's fine. (laughs) Sometimes, though, mouth garbage can hurt. That's my little bit of warning there. (laughs) I'm thinking about those three little words that have brought, well, joy, I think, to us, but a lot of misery and apparently some uh, financial problems to people who have tweeted extolling products that aren't iPhones and have had written underneath them, sent by Twitter for iPhone. And those days are gone. Or going. Have they gone? It was always a fun little feature. Yes. MKBHD famously tracks these down and shames them publicly on Mm. his very very highly viewed twitter so it's always fun to see i do i genuinely feel for the poor pr people i i, I once um talked to apple's pr in the uk i don't it's so long ago I'm, i know they're not the same firm now but one of the things they told me was a condition of the job of getting the contract was they all switched from pcs to Macs, and then a couple of years later they lost the contract somewhere else and they were out all of this money buying max they they were a, a little perturbed by this i thought i can understand you're a busy agency you're doing all this stuff you're tweeting on behalf of oprah winfrey or something and I'm, you know it's her sentiment you're just putting it out and you happen to put it out on the phone you've got because it's midnight and you're overworked and everybody piles on you for using the wrong phone well it's no secret that the world runs on apple like a commerce business um and art it's for whatever reason uh, you know, you can go through the whole history of it for for the last 20 years, but most of the time, businesses run on iPhone, and um, it's kind of wild to think that, yeah, even these people promoting uh, Android devices, heck, even the people designing Android and or, or um, building HTC phones are using iPhones because, like, executives and such. I remember... Um, the when the Windows Phone was popular and uh, Windows executives were using the Windows Phone, well, suddenly they stopped using those, and I think most of them use iPhones now. Funny enough, if you uh, go on Twitter and see some of these Microsoft execs, it's Twitter for iPhone. So the brand loyalty it doesn't it doesn't matter, uh, because once you're in that C-suite, a lot of times, uh, if you guys didn't know. A lot of security stuff, a lot of applications, a lot of networking is run from the iPhone side of things using iPhone enterprise tools. Heck, even in the Navy, our officers use iPhones and are configured by our IT staff uh, to run certain programs and security protocols because of Apple's um, really strong encryption and stuff on device. So it's just, it's no secret, but the general consumer, the general public viewing Twitter probably doesn't understand that 
but it is still a fun little snicker anyway to say, haha, the HTC ad was run from an iPhone. I, I, anyway. I didn't know any of that. That's really interesting. Hmm. I feel that's quite encouraged. It's, we're on we're on the safer model of phone. That's what we are. I, I'm, it's funny because it's not tribalism in that sense because I understand how it sounds. Hmm. There are... Like, don't get me wrong, there are executives and people who prefer Android, of course. And I'm, I would say, like, the executive of Samsung probably carries a Samsung phone, um, at least publicly anyway, and goes home to his, his uh, private iPhone. But um, it is an odd thing to observe that this it, it is such a powerful force in commerce and stuff like that. And, and social media influencers. There's a big reason why for, I don't know, Every year, I don't know if Instagram still reports this, but for years they reported the number one device that shot photos on Instagram, and it would be number one through eight iPhone, and then number nine would be a Samsung phone, and then whatever garbage after that. And it it's funny to think that even on that side of things, the social media influencers, the people paid to tweet or post on Instagram, are also doing it from iPhone. So mistakes will be made for sure. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with the odd mistake. I'm just, I like the security aspect of it. It feels like it makes more sense now that people are using these things. There's a, a rather, there's a reason for it happening quite as often as it does. But, um, you said about it not being a secret, uh, although I didn't know it. There was a secret out this week. This thing called the Apple Magic Charger. Now, I've read the headline, and I know that the Magic Charger never happened, but presumably, what, it was just another key charger or a magsafe charger what, what do you know the story without it uh, it's been making the rounds uh, the chinese twitterverse uh, these guys um that leak a lot of random apple parts or uh that like a I, I think his name mm. is uh duan rui um maybe i said that wrong but uh he's he's known in the space uh for his tweets and such but um th this one was shared initially by um the blue mister on twitter and uh, anyway, it's a MagSafe puck and a f aluminum stand um, that folds open, kind of like the old uh, magnetic charging puck made for the Apple Watch. But once you see it, you realize that thing's never going to work. And Apple canned it for an obvious reason. It will never, you can't put your iPhone on it in portrait, only in landscape. And that kind of seems broken right. for a stand. Oh, I thought there was a secret other world of exciting that they dropped it because the color was wrong you know how precise apple can be but it sounds like well it sounds like it went quite far given an obvious the design validation test once you start making those that's generally um only a couple steps away from the final product so the fact that it made it to this level of manufacture means there's probably a couple thousand um just laying around a factory somewhere in china and that's how these people are getting a hold of them but the cables have been cut there's no firmware running on it and uh, so it doesn't actually work. It won't even charge your phone right now. Um, they've been they connected a, a physical cable to it to get it to power, but nothing happens still because the firmware in it is apparently garbage. So the, the these guys are apparently currently trying to rewrite the firmware to actually make it into a working device, even though it never. But in the meantime, they have a nice desk ornament, or at least a mildly nice desk ornament. So that's a it's a, it's a win of sorts i think i've lost interest in it completely now i was intrigued and now i want to know more about real products such as the one you've been telling me about the new version of the elgato stream deck the stream deck plus uh sell me on the stream deck plus since i've already got one one of the presumably old ones 
Uh, they've in, they've uh, brought back the touch bar. Uh, that's all you need to know. Um, it, I haven't looked into it too much, but from what I've seen from product videos and stuff, this is your usual Stream Deck with a set of eight buttons that you can program to do whatever you want when you press it on a per-app capability. You can make it shortcuts. You can change all the icons, the usual Stream Deck stuff. And then at the bottom is four knobs that you can set to different volume levels. Uh, so you can control your Mac volume, a specific application volume, a specific uh, output device like headphones volume, all from these knobs. Or I think, I believe you can even make it control the brightness setting on a, a photo editing application. You know, it's one of those uh, programmable knobs, right? And then there in the middle, what I what I think is most interesting is a touch bar. It's touch sensitive and it changes based on what you're doing, different applications and things. Reminds me a lot of Apple's thing, but I don't think it's as applicable because this isn't as customized or involved with Mac OS. But I you're still kidding about the touch bar side. What are you supposed to that's not a replacement for a button and it's not one of the new knobs. What do they expect you does it display information or what do you use it for? From what I can tell, it it displays at least what you're controlling with the mm. knobs, but I, I believe there's other things you can do with it. I, I, like, again, yeah. all we really have is a, a product video. Not We haven't actually got to play with it or anything yet, but it looks like a, a volume slider will show up and let you control it that way, or a, a, a video um, scrubber, right? So you can move uh, a video thing or control a specific timeline and a video editing application looks like there's a lot of little uses to it and uh, probably again just because this is elgato's thing it'll just be fully programmable within the mac application to tell it what it can and can't do and at some point very soon after launch better touch tool will come out with a new version that totally um change it and you'll be able to drive your car from it after better touch tool has got it absolutely um i always think of stream deck whenever i think of this kind of physical button control and i, I love mine i use it extensively but it's not the only system that does that and i'm sure some of the other ones my name my mind's blank on the names they do have physical knobs and buttons like this so i can see an appeal to it particularly in studios and things being able to just without looking make a change to something useful okay this is this is just one of those tech nerd products that whenever I see something made by Elgato, I say I want it, even though I have no application for it. I don't edit videos. I don't even edit podcasts. I, I leave all the work to you and Steven, sadly. But well, uh, it's just, yeah, it, it, it looks great on a desk, and uh, I'll, I'll happily control my single volume source on my Mac. With ah, so does that mean you have not gone for Elgato's... Well, not the most, the last most recent thing Elgato did that I heard of, the Stream Deck for, the Stream Deck pedal. You haven't gone for that because it's under your desk and you wouldn't be able to see it. Is that your finding position? I mean, I would love to get a Stream Deck pedal and then program it to like make popcorn or something. I don't know. Just have a home kit popcorn maker and just press my foot pedal against it. And there you go. It's off to the races. Okay, I don't know. I don't understand actually why anybody goes for any of this stuff uh, because everything it does you can do through the Mac and you're sighting at the keyboard and doing it. But I went for it. I tried the small one. I got hooked. I've now bought the larger one. I use it constantly. It controls all the lights in my office, runs macros. It turns the on-air light on when we're recording like this. It's an amazing thing to try. But mm. As digital as things are getting, I... I will always have to admit that sometimes physical is better and having a panel of physical buttons in front of you is very appealing. 
and especially ones that change based on what you're doing. This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. Maybe you played Battleship when you were a kid, and it's a fun board game. Lots of us played it. But as an adult, Calendar Battleship is the frustrating game you play with your doctor trying to find when you're both free for an appointment. You know, in two, three, or even more months. Well, you don't have to do that ever again. ZocDoc is a free app that you can download on your phone, or you can use the website ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider, and you can find a doctor who is patient-reviewed, takes your insurance, and that are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun. Whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, or just get a mole checked out, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. And you can find and review doctors, and they can be local, read patient-verified reviews from real people who made real appointments. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. And that's the big deal. Here in the U.S., you can choose your insurance provider, even down to your plan, and you can see the doctors and specialists in your area that accept your insurance. No more making an appointment, getting to the doctor's office, only to find out you have to find another one because they don't accept your insurance. No more. Go to ZocDoc.com and find the doctor that's right for you. Book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. For real. It's so easy just to use the app. I don't look anywhere else for a doctor. So go to ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Apple Insider. ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring this episode and our friends at Collide. Traditional endpoint security tools can make your workplace feel like a surveillance state turns users and the IT team into adversaries, and ultimately drives your employees to work on unsecured personal devices. It doesn't have to be this way anymore. Collide is a device security solution built around honest security. Their philosophy is that employees aren't your biggest security risk, they're your biggest allies, and your relationship with them should be based on transparency and informed consent. Collide works by notifying your employees of security issues via Slack and then giving them step-by-step instructions on how to resolve it themselves. Let's say they save some passwords as a plain text file on their desktop. Well, Collide will send them a message via Slack privately and just let them know, hey, you might not want to save your passwords there. Here's a better way to do it. For IT and security teams, Collide provides the right level of visibility for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices, and it can answer your questions about your fleet security that traditional mobile device managers can't. You can meet your security goals without compromising your values. Visit collide.com slash Apple Insider to find out how. And if you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for checking out a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Apple Insider. Collide.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. Which is true, which is right, which is correct? Soccer or football? Which is the right word? No, have a go. I think they're both terrible names. I don't really know how who came up with names for sports, but I, I think they're both bad. But okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not going to you know open up a, a naming poll or anything. I, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to call it. But yeah, they're it's all bad. I, but what's more confusing is that for some reason we call ours football too, and it's just yeah. Gosh, I, now how do you even talk about this, <laughs> especially with the increasing popularity of of you know not American football. 
in the United States, how do we even talk? Yeah. How do you have the conversation? Well, the the easy route for me is to just not have the conversation at all. It's, you know, that's fine. I'm, that's it's fair. sport, you know. I, I know that football is um, a sport. I know that in the UK, the women's England football team is always better than the men's. But I don't know why in the UK we talk about women's football and football. Why isn't it all just football? Why isn't it women's football and men's football? I get hung up on the naming like this kind of thing. But actually watching a game, I don't know. So I am probably not very likely to sign up to Apple TV Plus's new MLS. MLS sounds like a disease to me. I've got MLS and through it I can watch football. Soccer, sorry. Yeah. You, you, yeah, I... I won't be buying this. The subscription is cheap. I mean, $75. If I could pay $75 a year to watch whatever college football game, American football game, uh, I would probably do it because there are a few games that I do watch. I don't, I'm not like a, you know, I don't watch football. I, I can tell you who the quarterback is on my favorite team and no other player or what the other people are even doing. I just like to tune in and see who wins. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, not not that kind of sports fan like i don't i don't do the betting apps or any of that nonsense uh the mm. secret league th- things that people do whatever i love the sport it's a because i'm you know born and raised in northeast tennessee it's just part of the culture you can't get away from football so it's at least enjoyable enough kind of like nascar you turn it on you don't care what's happening but it's fun to have in the background while you're eating nachos um anyway mm. i don't think apple's going to turn that into an institution like they seem to be trying because now they're using their leverage of having their most popular program on Apple TV Plus being Ted Lasso, this Jason Sudeikis vehicle. And now they're using these actors to really push, hey, we also have the rights to actual football and you can pay to watch all the games um, from your Apple TV subscription. And I'm just over here like, no, <laughs> I like Ted Lasso. I know your opinion on it, mm-hmm. uh, but I enjoy watching the show, but I I just can't get into soccer. And I, I listened to the podcast, uh, Brendan Hunt, the person who plays Coach Beard is doing a podcast with an actual uh, NBC sports correspondent to talk about the World Cup. And that was entertaining enough that I might actually tune in as long as they're not too long of episodes just to... I don't know, hear what it's about, and uh, it, it was a, it was entertaining. But again, I don't care anything about the sport, so oh, right. I don't think I'll be watching it. <laughs> That's NBC Sports' Rebecca Lowe, uh, isn't it? So an actual sports woman, sorry, an actual sports presenter with a guy who makes up sports toys. That does, I, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm almost appealed. Apparently he's a lifetime, he's a lifetime soccer fan, so at least he knows what he's talking about um, in real life. But it in the show yeah he's he's coach beard the football uh, coach but it's it'll be interesting enough to tune in and just because i like to see what apple's doing and all of their little platforms all, because i mm. end up writing about it at some point um so i'll definitely be investigating this i don't know if i'll listen to the whole thing but it'll be worth a shot it's just it's just funny to me that apple seems to be hey in our entertainment division we have the show about soccer in our sports division we have all the soccer stuff what if we marry the two and see if we can convince americans to start watching soccer especially again that 75 dollars is not it's it's inexpensive for i'd certainly pay it to not watch any sport that's totally true (laughs) i 
<laughs> I don't have a problem with them using Tallasso because it feels like in drama and television, that's a, like a long-standing tradition. I remember Peter Falk filming special promos as Columbo uh, for international use. And I think he may even have spoken in other languages phonetically for it. Yeah, you, it feels, it breaks the wall right. of the, the, the fiction. And I don't like that, but I just feel maybe I'm just inured to it. Before we before we move on from this, because we have one more thing to talk about, um, oh. I want to ask you a question. So if someone traveled back in time, let's say, I don't know, 2015, mm-hmm. and walked into your office and said, William, mm-hmm. in 2022, Apple will be promoting its sports uh, soccer program using its most popular television series on its streaming service about soccer. What would you say to that? Are sentence? they making any dramas? That would be what would cross my mind first. <laughs> and that's the honest answer. I mean, the joke answer is if somebody had told me five years ago that Apple was going to do this, well, it would have saved some time. I would have invested in a production company. I would have done this. But you know, it does feel like it's not the same Apple we all know, but it's becoming what Apple is. And I'm here for the ride. I mean, writing about um, Apple TV and tvOS, um, I did some back, you know, background on Steve Jobs and his idea behind the he's perfected it he's cracked the code to television and then jump ahead a couple years and Mm. uh steve jobs is gone but eddie q is touring nbc fox and all these other offices falling asleep in chairs asking them to pay to uh let apple make a skinny cable bundle jump ahead two more years and we have an apple tv with an app store and the future of tv is apps and suddenly in 2019, we have a streaming service that has nothing to do with any of that. And here we are now. And it's just so funny to me to see that transition. And again, talk to me in 2015, it was all about that skinny bundle, right? Apple's going to make cable good again. <laughs> That's what we all thought. And no, it, it didn't come to pass and probably for good reason. I'm, I'm glad Apple is not a cable distributor. No, but Apple TV has changed how I watch television. I used to, uh, for such a long time, I was a subscriber here in the UK to uh, Sky Satellite Service. And after I bought an Apple TV Rox and it became the thing we turned to first, I, I killed that subscription for it. I was a satellite cutter, if that's the phrase. And now everything goes through that box. I think the future of television is never apps. It's never platforms. It's always the shows that are on it. Um, it's, it's, easier and cheaper to build a channel and an app than it ever is to make a good TV show. But uh, I remember arguing when Apple TV first started that it needs a hit, that every single service you can think of, every network, um, uh, HBO when it began, there's always one show that does it. Um, it Larry Sanders think with uh, HBO. Once the one show breaks out, everything else follows. And with Apple TV, it was Ted Lasso. So even though I don't like it, I think it really put it on the mark. I wish Morning Show uh, got more critical acclaim. I mean, obviously, in the list of critical acclaim, it, I think it's second, right? Like, but I, I wish that was the blockbuster. Hey, everyone, go watch Apple TV Plus because, man, that is I think that is my favorite. That one and um, For All Mankind. Severance. Oh, For All Mankind. You see, everyone we name pushes uh, the morning show so further hard. down the list. Yeah, yeah. no, ask ask me to n- make a list of my favorite Apple TV shows, and I, I would probably run out of space um, because I just enjoy so many of them. I love Severance. Mm-hmm. I love Servant. You know, I've, I've enjoyed um, a lot of their programming, and again 
I don't want to, this to sound like tribalism or Apple fanboyism. I've genuinely just watched and enjoyed these shows, and it's just so surprising to me to see Apple hit it out of the park again and again on something that we had no idea that was going to work. I mean, we saw Planet of the Apps and cried about it yes. for a while because it was just so terrible. <laughs> yeah. And Carpool Karaoke just couldn't be saved no matter yeah, how much Apple tries. No, no, don't go there. How does that still win awards? Why is it still made? Uh, do you not feel that, that there just suddenly came a time when there were all these things? There was Apple TV was for a while, and you knew it was there, and you might look at it, and now you tune in. I mean, there's Slow Horses, there's Bad Sisters, the After Party. There's so the- much I watch on Apple TV. Yeah, I'm behind. Like, I'm, like, that's the thing. Like, that's what's crazy about it. I watch Apple TV more than any other platform right now, and I'm behind on shows because there's so much content on it. And only mm. it was only a couple of years ago that people were saying $5. There's not even enough on there to pay $5. And now today it's like, man, I can't even, I'm trying to keep up. And they just keep releasing new things. And I'm just behind a season on everything. And I'm I'm watching all the new things. I I don't know. It's exciting to me. but It's exciting, but for your sanity, I'd give up. Um, (laughs) I don't mean watching. I mean, just stop trying to catch up. In 2021, there were 550 new, entirely new, scripted dramas and comedies uh, comedies across American television. Uh, and you know, so much is lost in the flood. Yeah, we could do with a we could do without about five hundred of those. Yes, probably. but I I think you and I would put different ones in that list. Um, all right. So between us, we have realised that Apple TV Plus is very good and has lots of things to watch, even if some of it is sport. Uh, doesn't that mean it's done now? It works. Everything's great. Do we move on? I don't. I don't believe the Apple TV HD that was announced in twenty fifteen was what Steve Jobs was talking about in 2011 and um so i I wrote a piece about how apple tv isn't exactly the i don't know the future of television as apple claims uh the future of television being apps i guess uh being my main complaint i don't believe apple got it right apps uh basically segregate the platform and put users into different instances of different uis different interaction paradigms that take you out of it uh, basically make you have to think about what software you're using what uh is available what content is available in this app am i in the right place do i need to go back to the home screen find a different app open it do i need to go to the tv app and search for it like there's too much um in the way of actually just this magical thing that steve jobs had hoped for of you turn the thing on you select the content and you're watching it. You don't know that it's on Netflix. You don't know that it's on Hulu. It just is because you own it. You're paying for the platform. You're getting the media, the end. And I believe the app setup that Apple has goes completely against that. It's upsetting. Mm. But I would argue that there's absolutely nothing Apple can do about that. Is Famously, Netflix won't play. Right. Uh, it will always do its own thing. So, but then equally, I'm... Here I am in the UK and I talk to a lot of Americans. If I mention a show, a TV show that I know is on in the States, there is an immediate assumption that it's BBC, even though it's Derry Girls from Channel 4 or um, Ipcris Far from ITV, really strong shows that are made by other companies. And because of this abstraction layer, it gets all lumped under BBC. If we went down this line, everybody could end up unconsciously thinking Apple makes everything and who are these other companies? What are they talking about? So that's about? that's the curious thing. Um, 
because I understand the reasoning behind having different app silos, right? Like when you open the Netflix app, you see the Netflix logo, you're logged into an account and then have to navigate to your favorites. And every step of the way um, is uh, the time from logging into the time that you select the media you want to view is an advertisement for what's on Netflix. And that's how it's designed. You're not supposed to be able to find what you want to watch easily. It's kind of a maze uh, for the entire purpose of wanting people to, oh, that's cool that's on here. I'll come back to that after I'm watching this show. Or I'll just go ahead and watch that now. It just means more time on Netflix. Other apps do this, Hulu and such. They kind of jumble around their organization. It makes things more difficult. It gets in the way. But... I agree, and that this was some internal discussion while I was writing this article, because um, my initial thought process was, here's everything I want Apple to do to fix the Apple TV. Make the Apple TV app the center of the platform, get rid of the app distribution, and make uh, every app a channel instead, but have sign-in flows using biometrics from your phone that let you still sign into the Netflix yeah. account, still sign into Hulu, so that way those companies get your data as normal but it's all within the same app interface all within the same player interface and just a lot less confusion i I think it was would be a win-win but admittingly apple would probably run into antitrust concerns the companies involved Mm -hmm. would probably buck back and just say no i i I don't imagine netflix saying we're not going to be on iphone and that's the thing apple could use their market position with iPhone and Apple TV, because this conversation about the Apple TV app is not just about the Apple TV set-top box. This also involves the iPad, iPhone, um, and everything else. So Netflix saying no to the Apple TV would be Netflix saying no to everything Apple distributes, and there's no way that they could afford to do that, which, again, I think would lead to a lawsuit. I just wonder where that would fall in the legal system, because Apple has the authority to control um, how its content is presented to users, but would they be able to make it that far, do you think? Yeah, well, let's just look at it from another angle, not Netflix, think of Disney+. Plus. Can you conceive of Disney+, Plus conceding uh, anything, any right. of those pixels on the screen to any other company for it? No, and, and, you know, for good reason. Uh, Apple wouldn't do it either. I think this is... That's fair. I get the ease of use argument, but I think uh, the damage it would do to companies would ultimately cut down the number of shows we get to watch so uh, i'm amused by what you say there about netflix keeps you looking because you're right it really does and i haven't thought of that uh but it's almost worth the price of hunting around i think but you know there's so much to watch it's 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 such an interesting problem to solve and again i know my method that i've described is kind of the um perfect world scenario i just think that something could be done better and at, at a bare minimum if Netflix could get integrated with the TV app, make whatever deal you have to, pay whatever you have to, just get Netflix and the TV app. Because right now having, on my Apple TV, when I watch content, I have two choices. Everything that I'm subscribed to on the planet goes to the Apple TV app or Netflix. And that means for me, I'm probably never opening Netflix unless I specifically think, oh, I'm gonna go watch this show that just happens to be on Netflix. And that's well, not to be damning about Netflix and to end this discussion on a low note, but I did just cancel my Netflix account. So, yeah, okay, maybe I'm going the same way. Well, on that bombshell, I I think I think Netflix is in a position. Yeah, I think Netflix is in a position where their reduced, you know, numbers, their their 
there are changes in advertising, all of that stuff that's affecting subscribers, that's making people want to leave. Netflix is losing losing their bargaining chips, and Apple is gaining more and more control here. I think it's a possibility we could see in the future, if Apple even cares at this point. Does anyone even work in the Apple TV division? Are there even negotiate, negotiations happening in the background uh, for any of this stuff? Why does Apple TV channels even exist anymore? Uh, these are all questions I have, and I wish Apple would at least say something. Uh, we should also mention, uh, there's a famous phrase uh, here in the UK, other services are available. And there's Amazon Prime, for example, which has a tremendous modern love. But let's just leave that there. Let's go enjoy modern love separately and in our own homes. And just say for the moment, Wes, really good to get to talk to you. Uh, Stephen is due back next week and he will take proper adult charge of the show. But in the meantime... Thank you to our friends, ZocDoc and Collide. Plus, I'm pleased that you can support the show too through Patreon or Apple's podcast subscriptions. Plus, five-star reviews. Stephen collects them. Let's give him oodles of five-star reviews for when he comes back. Thank you very much for listening. See you soon.